when people feel like they are overwhelmed, confused, and in the dark, they're not going to make a decision. As a matter of fact, they're going to push back hard. You're listening to the Texas Family Law Insiders Podcast, your source for the latest news and trends in family law in the state of Texas. Now here's your host, Attorney Holly Draper. We're excited to welcome Kurt Chacon today to the Texas Family Law Insiders Podcast. Kurt is a collaborative divorce attorney and divorce coach in Dallas. He's a child of divorce, a parent of divorce, and has seen divorce from every possible way. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, I'm glad to be here with you and uh, talk about whatever, you know, whatever we can in the time we have. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, I'm a native Texan. I come from Southeast Texas, a small town called Groves. It's down by Beaumont, Port Arthur, kind of in the corner there, upper Texas coast. And I went to uh, law school at the University of Texas. I graduated a long, long time ago. I mean, we used oil lamps to study and we had to have a, a, a feather plume to write with. No, I graduated in 82 and I, I started my career in personal injury doing insurance defense in Galveston. And then I moved to uh, back to the Beaumont Port Arthur area and, and practiced there for a couple of years at a, a plaintiff's firm. And then I came to Dallas and worked here at a plaintiff's firm for a while and uh, then have been on my own ever since. So how did you make the transition to family law? Well, my divorce and what you talked about earlier when you read the intro, being a child of divorce, a parent of divorce, uh, I've seen divorce from every angle. And that's not necessarily the greatest thing in the world, but I think it gives me perspective that maybe other people don't with regard to the effect that divorce can have. The reason that I chose to get into family law, specifically uh, get into collaborative law, is to help parents uh, mitigate the effect of divorce on children because uh, my parents' divorce really affected me in a negative way going forward for the rest of my life with with consequences and repercussions that I don't think my parents could have foreseen even if they did have the necessary emotional skills to do a better job of divorcing than they did, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So you're also a divorce coach, right? Yes. So can you explain exactly what that is? All right. Um, You know, one of the things that I learned when I undertook divorce coaching was that a divorce coach has a role, but it's a lot different than maybe some of the other roles. You know, even though I am an attorney, most divorce, divorce coaches are not attorneys. So they don't really give legal advice. What they do and if I can sum it up, is take the client from the story of divorce to the business of divorce. I think you would agree with me that a lot of people getting a divorce are very emotional. It is an emotional time. There's so many things going through their head. I mean, they're worried about the future. They're worried about their kids. They're worried about money. And and to be honest, they're worried about if they're gonna find somebody who's gonna love them again, or if they're gonna be in a relationship again, all that comes. And sometimes they are not necessarily prepared to enter the divorce process as most people enter it into litigation, even into collaboratives. A lot of people are not ready. And so helping get that client from the story to business, the things uh, that I coined as a phrase, I call it the credible client, trying to get the client to the point where 
the lawyer and the client can work together and the client is credibly participating in the process, helping their attorney, understanding what the attorney is trying to tell them and making sound decisions that are not over emotional or based on past resentments or anger, if you can, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and that's something I try and focus on a lot in my practice of we're, let's not look backwards. Let's look forwards. Yeah. And what's going to put right. you and your kids in the best position to go forward. Yeah, yes. I, I like to tell people that having your soon to be ex-spouse's head served up on a platter is not one of the remedies contemplated by the family code, much as you would like it to be. I'm sorry if you can find it in there, show it to me. But until then, we're not going to ask for that. So how is a divorce coach different from a lawyer in the work they do with clients? Well, and, and let's just expound on that. The, the divorce coach tries to get through the story and it's their job to work with the client to get through the story. Not all lawyers are qualified, prepared, and have the time to do that with a client and they're just not ready for that. That's not what they do. They aren't trained in that. And so I think a divorce coach has four points of entry in, in the process. One, should I or shouldn't I? Most lawyers don't delve into that and they don't sit down with a client over a period of weeks or months and work through that to, in order to determine whether or not getting a divorce or staying in the marriage is the wrong or right. It's not what they do. And that's all. That's very expensive to get a lawyer to do that <laughs> as opposed to a divorce coach, right? And uh, also now you have some people who get hit with divorce. One day their spouse comes in and says, I want a divorce. And next thing you know, boom, they're served with papers or they're emailed papers from opposing counsel. That's another entry point for divorce lawyers and I mean, excuse me, divorce coaches. And sometimes people just need to calm down and step away from the emotions that getting a lawyer involved getting ambushed by it, stepping back and taking a breath, not being over emotional, not overreacting. Uh, that's another entry point. And again, most don't deal with that. That's not what they're trained to do. I don't know about you, but they didn't teach me any of that in law school. And I still don't think they teach that in law school. And that's not to knock lawyers. There is a gap sometimes, as you know, uh, and then, of course, there's opportunities when clients get stuck in divorce. You know, the litigation seems to have stopped. Nobody's budging. Sometimes a divorce coach can get in there and really root out what the client really wants and maybe hopefully to communicate that with the lawyer. As you know, sometimes clients begin to feel like their own lawyer is against them. Simply the lawyer has to say, look, we can't do that or I don't think that's a good idea. Sometimes a divorce coach can get in there and help the clients see what the lawyer is really there to do and help open up more communication between the two. Because it's been my experience as a divorce coach that sometimes clients really don't understand the process at a level they need to. And again, sometimes lawyers can't really explain that as well as somebody outside the process. I don't ask about the past either. I don't ask why that's outside of my, you know, I, I don't do that. I help the client get rid of the story, get to the facts, get the right advice, make a plan on what they're going to do and keep them moving forward in that. And I hope as a lawyer who's represented people in divorce that I can 
help the lawyer help the client by making the client it easier to communicate and deal more with the facts in the business. So that's one of the things as a, a lawyer, I generally don't like it when I hear that clients are getting advice from somebody else. So how can lawyers feel comfortable and that having a divorce coach involved in the process is a good thing and not somebody who's going to be contradicting what the lawyer is trying to do? For me, I have always said, ask your lawyer about that. I'm not going to give you advice. Here are some questions to ask if you are confused. Sit down with your lawyer. Yes, it's going to cost you money. That's what you're paying them for. You sit down and you ask questions. That's exactly what you're paying them for, more so than anything else, so that you can understand the process. Ask the lawyer if there's something that can be done about this or ask the lawyer their advice about that. Make Write down your questions so that way you're not spending a lot of time. I mean, you know this, sometimes we step back as lawyers, it's hard to imagine that our clients are confused, but they are in many times confused. And if I might throw a little vignette out there in the process of, of getting certified, one of the people that were, was that was presenting to us talked about how they had a client who was going down for a custody hearing and they were freaked by this custody hearing. Well, after the coach dug around, they found out that this client's experience with the legal system, if you went to court and lost, you went to jail. They thought if they literally thought if they lost this custody hearing, they not only wasn't, weren't going to get custody, they were going to jail. Okay. And sometimes the clients, and as a lawyer, I scratch my head and go, how would you get that idea? And my job is to just take, send them to their lawyer and get the answer from their lawyer. Not me. I, if I, I don't want to do that. That's not what I do. I don't know the answer to your question. If somebody would feel comfortable, they just know that I'm never going to work against the lawyer because I understand how hard the job is. So you mentioned a little bit ago about getting certified. What is involved with becoming a divorce coach? There are any number of divorce certifications out there. I took certified divorce coaches from a group out in Florida and it was five to six hours a week of online presentations and offline calls because we had cross coaching practice and stuff like that. And that went on for 20 weeks. So I ended up investing, I don't know what 20 times five is a hundred hours. And you take one module was just about coaching and the concepts of coaching and best practices and how just to coach people. Then there was another segment of coaching people through divorce and the specific things that a client might experience going through the divorce process and understanding that and trying to mesh the two together. That's what I did. There are other places out there that are not that extensive. What would you like family lawyers to understand about divorce coaches? from my perspective is I want to give you the lawyer, a client who is going to make sound decisions and who is going to communicate with you, respond to you, hopefully listen to the advice you give and consider it, do the things necessary to move your case forward, you know, get the documents, fill out the forms, whatever it might be, 
and present themselves as willing to consider settlement options as well as to make offers of settlement options and to give them serious consideration. I want to get clients out of the, the uh, my way or the highway, divorce uh, uh, negotiation styles. I want to try and get my client away from uh, past resentments, trying to make the divorce about payback. I want to try and get my client out of a situation where they need certainty going forward because as we know as lawyers, the, the deal that you do, okay, that's done that day. Who knows what's going to happen the next day? There is no way to predict what's going to happen in the process and the family code do not guarantee that everything's going to be great once you do this, right? If I can do that, I can set a lawyer up for a good resolution for the client based on the facts and hopefully have somebody who walks away. Nobody's happy about getting a divorce and nobody's really happy about paying a divorce lawyer, but say my lawyer was fair and we worked together well and I would refer somebody else to them that, that, and have the client walk away feeling that they made a good decision. Well, that'd be great. So are there certain things as attorneys we should be looking for where maybe we should be referring this person to a divorce coach or we should be yes. giving it you as know, an option to them. Like I said, when somebody's the my way or the highway negotiation style, somebody who refuses to get the right resources, lawyer may say, we need this or we need that. You need to consider getting this or that. And they don't, uh, the throwing in the towel. And there is some value in the, I just want it to be over. But that's a, a place, that's a big mistake that some people make is throwing in the towel. Also, want, like I said, wanting guarantees and certainty. A big one is betting on another relationship. Yikes. <laughs> when somebody's talking about getting married and they're not even, you know, past mediation in their current divorce, that should be a red flag. <laughs> and finally, uh, and also losing sight of the fact that the client is ultimately the person steering the vehicle. Sometimes clients abdicate that responsibility because they don't want it. They want to hand you or me this huge box of problems and they want you to solve them. And then of course, when you solve them and then they don't like it, they want to blame you, but they weren't a full participant in helping you solve them. So I don't know how that breaks out, but those are just some things. And if I might, I just want to throw this in the situation, excuse me, into the, into the mix, is that as a lawyer, I understand certain decision points that come up in litigation and clients are nervous, right? The first hearing, maybe a deposition, producing all kinds of financial documents, uh, some sort of uh, study or, or intervention in order to determine custody, right? Any of those things clients can freak out about. And as a divorce coach, I can also help in getting the client calmed down and prepared and ready to talk with you. And you tell them what you need from them and, and they understand this is part of the process. You're there to help them. You're there to protect them. You are there to do what you can. So they show up and go, okay, I don't really necessarily want to be here, but I'm all in, Ollie. I'm ready for today. And they're not flipped out. I can think of several times where perhaps the person on the other side needed a divorce coach because we're getting such resistance and unreasonableness from the person on the other well, side. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it, and uh, that's true. Uh, that's just 
one thing out of many that affect the divorce is the preparedness of the other side, okay? And sometimes that's where we're stuck. Our side's reasonable, they're not. Yeah, I always tell clients that almost the vast majority of cases settle and the ones that don't are because somebody's being unreasonable. Yes, exactly. Like you, like you pointed out, virtually all of them do so. And a lot of times for me, I would tell my client, okay, we're going to do better that on our worst day in court. So they haven't given us anything to lose at this point, right? Right. So how do you fit in as compared to a therapist or a mental health professional? I know a lot of attorneys, we think we're not therapists. You need to go talk to somebody else. Um, well, I don't ask why in the area of why do you feel that way? <laughs> I don't care about the past. Okay. <laughs> a lot of times therapists really delve into the why and really delve into the past. I don't do that. Of course, a lot of times you can't help but hear about it because your client's tied up in the story, right? How often have you started to talk to somebody at a, at a consultation about their divorce and you, you, you go, oh my God, <laughs> we're back, we're still in the 70s <laughs> with regard to what's happening. I kind of want to get more till today in the situation, but that uh, is much different than a the therapist and I don't want to solve, I can't solve their problems and don't try and solve any emotional problems. I just hopefully aid in making them credible enough to complete the process. And if they want to go back and have a complete meltdown after that, well, that's a separate issue. We often have a lot of clients in divorces who have been not involved at all in the finances, or they've been completely in the dark about the finances, and they're going to have to control their finances after they get divorced. Is that something a divorce coach helps them navigate? How can I say this? you have to have a conversation with a client about that because that's a big thing. And that circles back around to uh, wanting certainty, right? And, and, and sometimes people want, they want something the family code's not going to give them. But be that as it may, I have helped people assemble the necessary documents and help them create a plan by which they're going to I leave it to the lawyer to determine whether or not their client needs education in financial matters. Because one of the things that I take from collaborative law in the process, we have a financial professional and that front neutral and that neutral is there to help either one of the clients raise their level of financial knowledge to allow them to make decisions because you and I both know when people feel like they are overwhelmed, confused, and in the dark, they're not going to make a decision. As a matter of fact, they're going to push back hard. And so raising the level of knowledge, as you said, a lot of times one of them is not financially savvy. Can't cure that in six months, but you can bring them up to a level about the issues on the table that allow them to go, oh, I understand that this asset over here is different from that one, even though they're valued the same, they're very different when it comes to the consequences. I try and push that back on the lawyer to determine if hire somebody to bring the client up to speed on that. So you mentioned collaborative divorce. I know you do a lot of that. As a divorce coach, are you involved in any of the sessions or are you completely separate from the collaborative process? No, I, I, I don't uh, involve myself, right? 
uh, clients get nervous at a, over a meeting, that's, that's going to happen. I can talk to them about that because I realize that's one of those points where people get nervous and people start to push back and their emotions get the best of them and try and prepare them for the meeting. But I, I don't go, you know, some places in the world, divorce coaches are the ones that do all the work in the collaborative process, not attorneys. So uh, yeah, I, if I'm coaching, I'm out of the process. And if I may, I became a divorce coach because I wanted the skill set for my collaborative clients, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. So is the type of training you did as a divorce, co divorce coach or to become one, how did that improve your practice as a lawyer? I'm a better listener about what I need to get to find out. Even though I, I probably could have done this as a lawyer, I stepped back and took education on what it looks like from the client's perspective and non-lawyer's perspective. The decision points, the emotional points, what drives the thinking of the client and their emotions, okay, which is very helpful. And then being able to narrow it down, pull on the threads of the conversation that are important, you know, getting this done, getting the financial information, understanding this, doing that, and helping my clients and I sit down and create a plan together about what I'm going to do and what they're going to do. Okay. And they feel like they're part of the team and they feel like they have their responsibility and I have, I meet mine, they meet theirs. It's just good client relations. And plus getting people to do tasks sometimes gets them out of the emotion of it. And I need that because I don't know about you, but I've gotten roped into the emotions of the moment with my clients. And that's not a good place to be when I'm there. And it's helped me separate myself from that because I had the skills to listen now for what I need to, to get. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it's, it's certainly a fine line. We have to walk as attorneys where we want to be compassionate. We want to understand how our clients are feeling yet at the same time, we cannot get too emotionally involved or we're not going to survive very long in this practice. Well, you know, the great Bill Eddy always talks about negative advocates the people around the client who are advocating negatively in terms of, you know, get everything you can. They're a terrible person. Don't stand for that. My sister-in-law got $5 million for that. You know, you know that whole stuff. Yes, all that. yes. Yes. And the last thing that my client really needs is for me to start thinking like that. We all get to the point where we might not like the opposing party very much or the opposing attorney or the, <laughs> don't get me going okay <laughs> uh that's why i respect all you people that do uh litigation my hat is off to you and i'm gonna say thank you and i'm gonna particularly say thank you to you for that one case that you took all the way to the supreme court i thought that that was th that needed to happen and i know there were times you're I can be done with this tomorrow. I'm just ready to fold up my tent. So my hat is off to people that do that. Do that. The litigation, it's hard to maintain emotional balance. It's, it's definitely a, a juggling act for sure and a fine line. 
Speaking of litigation, can a divorce coach be equally helpful in the traditional litigation as well as collaborative law? I would, I would think that probably that's where the divorce coach would do the most good for the client. All right. Because litigation is so today is so combative and it is so pernicious in, in many ways. It's frightening to people because they think whatever happens in that decree is going to be permanent. Some of it is, some of it's not. Particularly when it comes to, you know, they're looking at financial future. They're looking at what's going to happen with their kids. It's just very scary. Okay. And as lawyers, there's not a lot that we can do about that in terms of just do our job the best we can. We're not trained. I think litigation more so than, than collaborative is where a divorce coach can help keep that client mentally sound. You know, one of the exercises that we do early on is what we call the best self exercise. So often it's we're asked to identify our shortcomings. In this exercise, I ask my clients, what are your strengths? Who do you look to? Who do you admire for these qualities in your life? That is what is going to be needed for you to successfully navigate this with some level of mental health and come out the other side with some kind of you know, possibility for your life, not in despair and constantly generating their best, showing up at your office, cognitively ready. These are my strengths and I'm playing to them today. Showing up at the courthouse for a hearing, right? It, whatever it might be. I think that's a lot bigger thing than showing up for a meeting where there's going to be a mental health professional and a financial professional that you've already been working with and that you have some relationship with. The first meeting is going to be scary. After that, not so much. Every time they go to court, they're going to be scared, right? Right. And I think as attorneys, we can often forget how confusing it is, how scary it is, because we do this every day. And yes. we, you know, we forget that they don't know everything we know. They don't have the experience that we have. And uh, having somebody who's trained to help them through the process in that way is definitely helpful, I think. You know, my, my ex-wife and I did collaborative and we got together to do the parenting plan. I wanted to blow my brains out doing that parenting plan, all right? And that was years ago. It's way worse today than it was then. And she, why do we have to decide on this? I go, well, because somebody went to court. <laughs> and argued about who gets to decide whether or not the kid gets an earring. Somebody went to court and said, okay, we have to deal with that too. But that was hard for me. It made my head hurt. I can imagine what it's like for non-lawyers. Jeez. And that's just one example. So back at the beginning, you talked about how your experience as a child of divorce, um, it's part of what led you to get into family law. What did you learn from that experience that can help attorneys in helping their clients? My, let me back up and say my target client for what I do as a lawyer would be somebody who's divorcing with children. Because my commitment is to help the parent live up to the promise that every parent makes in the beginning, which is I want the divorce to have as little impact on my children as possible. Okay. They say that, as you know it, and then there are many times that's the last time they even pay it one bit of attention, much less ask, act like it. Okay. And 
that weighs on people's minds, even though they're not talking about it, and even though they're not acting like it. Okay. I would tell lawyers that if somebody has kids, they're scared about what's going to happen with their kids, no matter what they're telling you. I was scared. I was scared to death and I should know better. I wasn't going to go end up going to court against my ex-wife and walking out with no visitation. Okay. That wasn't going to happen, but that didn't keep that fear from gnawing at me. All right. And just because we did collaborative doesn't mean there was, there weren't threats going back and forth. That's against the collaborative participation agreement. It's against the code of conduct. I just want to be clear about that. All right. <laughs> but I would tell lawyers, remember the fear. There is so much fear going on about kids and money. And if they're, somebody's acting stupid, see if you can figure out what they're scared of. Excellent. Excellent advice. If you could give one piece of advice to young lawyers, what would it be? I would tell young lawyers, you're the only one that's going to be responsible for your own physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental well-being. They will not pay you enough to sacrifice those. I agree 100%. I have made work-life balance an extremely high priority for myself and for anyone that works for me. So we're just about out of time, but is there anything else you would like to add or let our listeners know? I would say that first, and I, I said this earlier to you and I would say it again, thank you for what you do. As far as it goes for me, I've seen the worst of the worst in divorce when my parents got divorced and that was in the seventies. That's before it got really bad. It seemed like in the eighties, it got worse. I appreciate so much what litigators do in family law, what they take on, the fight they have to fight, the other party, the other lawyer and their client and the system. And even though that's not what I do, I appreciate it. And as a divorce coach, my goal would be to help remove the client problems from that so you can focus on beating the other side. <laughs> <laughs> well, rarely is the focus on beating the other side in my practice. It's more often on how do we put our client in the best position to go forward? And I try and, okay. uh, oh, I try, I try and get the focus <laughs> off of beating the other side and onto <laughs> moving forward. But that, that might sound more collaborative than it does like a litigator. Uh, but. I mean, well, it, well, I was talking in t terms of litigation, you know, uh, but yes, to, to put your client in the position to be able to make good decisions and good choices that they can feel good about. Exactly. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. I think I learned a lot about divorce coaching and uh, appreciate your experience and thanks for being here. Oh, well, I appreciate the opportunity. The Texas Family Law Insiders podcast is sponsored by the Draper Law Firm. We help people navigate divorce and child custody cases and handle family law appellate matters. For more information, visit our website at www.draperfirm.com.